Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Uh. Browning, brunning, bruning. Pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Sly as a fox, cultured in pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, yeah, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby, go. What's going on, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast, proud members of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. You can find them at FTF Podnet on Twitter. You can find me, your host for the evening, Matthew Bruning, at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter. We're just one of a ton of great podcasts that are associated with this network, some of which are Jim Day of FF Champs, Bob Lung of The Consistency Show, the creator of The Consistency Guide, one of the best tools in the fantasy community, and of course, the mid West Fantasy Expo. Also, Mr. Corey Parsons and Dr. Roto from Sirius XM Radio. And you can find all of us on fulltimefantasy.com. We are also proud to be partnering with expandtheboxscore.com. You can find them at XTBoxScore on Twitter. They have some of the best college football stats and NFL stats in the industry. If you're wanting to get a better look and deeper dive into the analytical side of these prospects, as we are just two weeks away from talking about the real NFL draft prospects instead of what we think is going to happen, Definitely check them out. It is extremely cheap, well worth your time and money. I use all of their stats when I post everything I do for my college players and my NFL prospects. For today's show, we've got Dennis jumping back on with us. You can follow him at culture underscore coach. And, of course, Matthew Fox as well, who you can follow at Nighthawk7734. We are going to finish up our Superflex mock that we started on Monday. Everybody is ready to go. We went through 10 rounds on Monday. Of course, if you guys want to hear more about that, you can listen to the episode that was posted earlier this week. We are going to recap where our team's at. Are, or we are we? Oh, my goodness, guys. I can't talk, and that's kind of usual. Where we are through 10 rounds, and we are going to knock out the last seven to give you guys an idea of what our teams would look like in a startup 12-team super flex mock. Let's get Dennis and Matt on here, and we'll fire everything up. But before I get them on here, I almost completely forgot about uh, one of our co-hosts who joins us on Thursdays, Mr. Tony Dyer, who you can follow at Commissioner MR, is running a great uh, charity thing right now. Um, so he is uh, does the Huddle Up podcast that we've mentioned on here multiple times. Does a great job with it. He has teamed up with uh, the AR Within Reach Foundation, and they're giving away a signed Allen Robinson jersey. You guys check it out. It's on his Twitter page again. You can follow him at Commissioner Mr. It's also on the Huddle Up page, his podcast at Huddle Up NFL. I've retweeted it. Dennis Donis near to everybody. It's a great thing. All you have to do is retweet and then donate $12 to Allen Robinson's Within Reach Foundation. 
which is at allenrobinson12.org. Just reply to that with proof of donation, and you will be entered for a chance to win this jersey. Even if you can't donate the $12, just retweet it. Uh, It'll get it out there. Some people who may have the money, I know obviously this is a trying time for everybody, so we know $12 means something different to everyone. If you can't donate the $12, just a simple retweet to get it out to more people would be helpful. We're trying to uh, help kids who are, are struggling to be able to eat right now in uh, in Chicago with everything going on. It's obviously a great great thing for Allen Robinson to do and for him to team up with our, our very own Tony Dyer here who actually reached out to them and started doing all this stuff. It's a great move by him. He's a really great guy, does a lot of great stuff in the community as well. And for him to take time out of his day to put all this together is uh, – is just awesome. The drawing will be on 423, so you got about 13 more days to be a part of it. Again, just $12 or re- and a retweet. If you can't do the $12, just retweet it. It would mean a lot to us here at the roundtable and help out uh, kids, which are obviously our future and, and one of the biggest things, that biggest people that we need to look out for. So thank you guys so much. If you can do that, again, you can find it on the Huddle Up page, on Tony's page, on our page. Uh, now, with that being said, let's bring Dennis and Matt on here to talk more about the Superflex Mock. And we've got Dennis and Matt here with us as we are continuing our Superflex mock draft that we started off on Monday. Before we uh, kick into what we were doing, uh, how you guys doing today? How are you guys enjoying your Fridays here in the almost the middle of April now? Well, I've had Fridays off for about the past three weeks, so I'm kind of enjoying it. Sands the lighter paycheck, but, uh, you know, get to spend a little time with the kids, help them with their schoolwork that's due during the day. My wife's been working at home, and so she's had to deal with that four days a week, so I try to help her out a little bit uh, on Fridays. So other than that, it's been good. How about yourself, Yeah, today today was the first day uh, in a little over a week I actually got to go into the office, which was nice, but... uh, Trying to keep the positivity going, wearing my Disneyland 2020 shirt today, you know, to try to channel some of that Magic Kingdom. My wife uh, didn't have to go in today, so she's already started planning our 10th anniversary Disney World trip in two years. So she was watching nothing but YouTube videos on Disney World. It was uh, definitely hard to get work done before I went to the office. Very, very nice. Yeah, that's a little... um... Breaks my heart a little bit. I was supposed to be going in June, and it really looks like that's not going to happen now with everything going on. I was really excited to be, to be taking my kids, but uh, still hoping for that for that to happen, but it doesn't look like that that's going to happen. So we are going to continue our super flex. We're actually drafting right now, but I want you guys to break down your teams really quick. We'll, go, we'll just go in the draft order. So, Dennis, you'll go first. I'll let Matt hit his team, and then I'll give my last, and we'll jump into where we are in round 11. So, Dennis, obviously excluding your 11.1 pick there, give us a recap of your team uh, through the first 10 rounds. Well, I went a little different than I usually do. Uh, I went quarterback at the 101 since it's a super flex. I went Mahomes, came back with Kenny Galladay at the 212, and Dak Prescott at the 301. So I've stacked two top five or six quarterbacks. uh, And that position is good to go. I'll need somebody for a bye week. You know, I may be in good enough shape that I can just use a, you know, wide receiver or running back. Maybe I'll be forced to. Uh, but that being said, I, I didn't take a running back until the fourth round and a bunch of running backs went. And so I ended up uh, my first running back off the board at uh, 412 was Le'Veon Bell. And I followed that right up at the turn with uh, 
David Montgomery. I feel like Montgomery's this is going to, you know, he's going to get this year to prove he can do something. Uh, if not, he's going to end up being relegated to, you know, that complimentary piece or running back by committee. So we'll see what happens with him. Uh, then I went uh, McLaurin, Landry. Uh, in the eighth round, I dipped into the um, the rookie pool. I grabbed Clyde Edwards-Alaire as my RB3. Uh, it's probably a little bit early for to expect a rookie there, but I wanted to get with the rookies coming off the board. I did want to get into this rookie class a little bit, uh, and I feel like with his skill set, he's going to have a great opportunity regardless of where he goes to either carve out a Devonta Freeman type of run the ball, catch the ball workload or a Naheem Hines rookie year workload where he catches 60 passes. So I, I went with Edwards Alaire there. Uh, Noah Fant is my tight end. Dipped into the rookie pool again at 10-12 with uh, Tua Tungavailoa. So I do have a couple rookies there. I'm going to need to build some depth next, through these next rounds, and we'll see what uh, what type of rookies may fall to me. But my focus going forward is going to be definitely uh, – rounding out the starting lineup and grabbing some depth. What about your team, Matt? Well, I, you know, I started out with uh, Chris Godwin picking from the seven hole. Um, I know you guys were a little surprised by that. I've had a lot of actually uh, interesting comments from people who've uh, watched the show or listened to the show um, that they like that pick too. I, I just like Godwin this year. I like his potential. So I was happy with the way that started. I was even more bold than Dennis in terms of waiting to grab a running back, um, really hit a lot of other positions, uh, kind of excited about my quarterback group. I have three already. I, I went Watson in the second, um, got Baker Mayfield uh, in the fifth, and then just took Drew Locke with my last pick before we capped out in the 10th round. So I feel like I have a good mix of youth there. Really happy with my wide receivers. Um, you know, went with Cortland Sutton, got Juju Smith-Schuster in the sixth, and went with CeeDee Lamb, the rookie, in the seventh. He's uh, probably my favorite rookie receiver right now, really hoping he ends up in a good spot. Um, and then I was able to get Mark Andrews, which I think gives me a pretty solid a uh, good young piece at tight end. Running back, obviously a bit of a question so far. I've taken Raheem Mostert and Darrell Henderson, um, so really going to have to hammer that down the backside and hope I get a little lucky. And then for my team, I started off uh, picking at the 12 spot, so I got Joe Mixon and Devontae Adams, Devin Singletary, Keenan Allen, Debo Samuel, J.K. Dobbins, Sam Darnold, Daniel Jones, Sterling Shepard, and the very controversial O.J. Howard there with my last pick. Uh, I actually like my team, and funny enough, we were all talking about how much we liked our teams uh, in the chats and how much we wished we could make this a real uh, league. The only pick that I really kind of had some reservations about as we talked about on the last episode was the OJ Howard pick. I'm leaning a lot on obviously Tom Brady making something out of OJ Howard that we have not seen him be able to do his entire career needing a an upside tight end at that point. So that's why I took him. So let's jump into the 11th round here. Dennis, you've already made your pick at the 11.1 spot. Who did you go with and why? Well, I went with Darius Slayton. As I said, recapping uh, last uh, the last show's picks. I need to start to build out some depth on my team. 
And Slayton is definitely a guy that I'm high on. I love the combination of him and Daniel Jones. I think uh, Golden Tate is getting long in the tooth, and the Giants are going to need somebody to step up. And Slayton presents a little better as a true number one than Sterling Shepard does. I think Shepard is a very good receiver, but I just think Slayton brings a little something different to the table. So I, I started off uh, today with Darius Slayton, which looks like it started a little wide receiver yeah. run there. Yeah, so after you took Darius Slayton at 11-1, Julian Edelman went at 11-2, Justin Jefferson at 11-3, which is interesting. I'm, I'm going to look more into that in a minute. I'm wondering if that's one of the first uh, – I wonder if – is he the third rookie wide receiver I think that's gone? I know – Judy, yeah, because I think Judy's gone. Judy and Lamb went, because I know you took Lamb. Judy went right before him. I don't think any. I'm yeah. looking, and no other rookie wide receivers are gone. So that's interesting. I don't know if I had gone Justin Jefferson. Well, I know uh, he's been rising. He's pretty high on some people's boards. Yeah. I've seen him in well, the, the so John, wide rec- rookie wide receiver five range. John Hamler's grabbed him, and in our um, in our fantasy life app blog mock that he was a part of, uh, Justin, uh, who's in our league, who picked for the Jets, actually grabbed Justin uh, Jefferson for his pick when he was picking for the Jets way up early. He was actually the first receiver off the board wow. uh, in that mock. So uh, there's a lot of guys, I guess, that are pretty high on him. Yeah, I'd still go. I'd still go T. Higgins and Rager over him. But that, I mean, Justin Jefferson's good. I just I think he's a, a prod, a little bit more of a product with that LSU system and what Joe Burrow were able to do last year. Uh, Tony then goes Sammy Watkins, which is another interesting pick. I've never been a big fan of Sammy Watkins, but he takes Watkins at four. Joe Burrow goes at 11-5 and at 11-6. Let's see here. We're going to Reek Cohen, and that puts Matt on the clock. So, Matt, what are you looking at doing, and who are some of the players you're looking at possibly taking here? Well, I was going to take Tariq Cohen, so. Well. I can I can uh, change that for you I guess if you'd like it is a mock no, draft <laughs> that's the way that's the way drafting falls so yeah I know all you sons of guns took all the Browns players in the first in the in our first episode on Monday I don't think I have a single Browns player on my roster right now well it's just tough because uh, your team's so good yeah I mean it's all right you know I'm I'm glad I got J K. I wish I could have had Baker, the touchdown maker. I don't remember which asshole took him, but they, they just kind of took him. Didn't let him fall. So I know Sleeper really wants me to take Ronald Jones, but I am 100% certain that the Buccaneers are at least going to draft a running back. Um, I think Tom Brady came and took a look at that and said hard pass. Um, I just I can't see having to rely on him. Um He's been the well of sadness his entire career. I know that you believe in him, but um, I figure I'll go with Jordan Howard. Uh, Miami has a real vacuum. They're probably going to draft a running back too. Um, But hopefully, you know, we've seen him in time splits in Chicago and in Philadelphia and still been able to carve out a role. So that's what I'm going to hope for here. Yeah, I don't think it's a I don't think it's a bad pick. I, I think Miami's still going to take a quarterback as well, obvi- or not quarterback, a running back as well. But I think Jordan Howard's still going to get a, a good uh, good amount of the timeshare. Likely going to be the goal line back, regardless of who they take uh, Miami. So I don't think it's a bad pick. Ronald Jones actually goes to pick after you, Curtis Samuel, John Brown, and then Jimmy Graham, which puts me on the clock. And uh, it's kind of uh, early for Jimmy Graham, right? 
I mean, it was more of a CPU pick at this point. So yeah, definitely early for Jimmy Graham. But we've seen we've seen the way that the CPU kind of drafts some of these players is interesting. So I'm actually going to go back to the tight end well as well here. And I'm going to take Mike Gesicki. I'm going to continue my, my pick of hopefully tight ends with some upside. I like uh, I like Gesicki. had a little bit of a breakout there at the end of last season. I think they're going to end up with Tua or Herbert. Uh, I don't know if Tua will play this year. Uh, but I think they'll get a good quarterback. They'll have Fitzpatrick at least for this year. And then moving forward, I think Gusecki will be the guy. I think he's going to be uh, a decent, probably middle-tier uh, tight end too. And I'm fine with that with some tight end one upside. After that, uh, I don't know where I want to go here. I'm debating running back or wide receiver. We got, what, five rounds left. So, hmm, you know what? I'm going to take Marvin Jones. I mean, he's he's consistent when he's healthy as a as a high end middle tier wide receiver too, and and that's I think that fits in perfectly with Sterling Shepard as now one of my guys that I can plug in my extra flex spots uh, when Debo Keenan or Devontae Adams are out who are going to be my guys uh, every single week. Marvin Jones very consistent. I like him. I know Dennis has always been a big fan of his as well. Get me the points when he's healthy. I think Matt Stafford's going to be back there and healthy next year. Lions, as we talked about a lot throughout the beginning of last year, were a really good team earlier in the year. Had really good offensive play. I'm going to stick with Marvin Jones. Let's see here. Moving back toward Matt here. So Royce Freeman goes at 12-2. At 12-3, Matt Breida. 12-4, Latavius Murray. A nice little run on running backs here. Then Jimmy Garoppolo at 12-5, which brings Matt up at 12-6. What are we doing here, Matt? Uh, I'm going to go with Naheem Hines. I'm hoping uh, that he gets uh, a lot of passing work. You obviously saw what... Get the Austin Eckler treatment, huh? Yep. We saw what Philip Rivers did with Austin Eckler. And at this point in time, you know, I'm just trying to give myself some upside running backs. I like it. I like it. I actually thought about going him right there, but uh, I, I didn't, obviously, which really actually is probably going to hurt my team. I just realized I only have three running backs. Uh, all right. So after that, Rashad Penny, then Jalen Rager, which brings Tony up on the clock. We are waiting to see what he does. Jalen Rager, interesting. See, he's yeah, he's someone I would have definitely gone over. Justin Jefferson. Go ahead. Ryan's really hammering the rookies because he took uh, Joe Burrow in the last round. He had taken Jonathan Taylor and yeah. Cam Akers uh, earlier it's in the draft. Kind of like uh, Matt Bruning there in the NFFL. Well, I don't. I'm trying to go for guys. I'm hoping people aren't paying attention to. Although I really hate that that dude out, uh, bid up on Tyler Johnson because I don't have enough money. It's funny we were talking about this. For those of you who don't know, me and Dennis are in an auction uh, auction league as we're waiting for Tony to make his pick here. Uh, Dennis, yeah. like when uh, it's not showing him on at the moment, but he did make his pick just a minute ago. Um, so let's see here. So Dennis kind of went pretty heavy on on his budget early on and i, I saved my stars money. and scrubs yeah stars and, and, and scrubs. like the rams exactly yeah <laughs> yeah and i tried to spread mine out a little bit more i still spent a lot of money mostly on my running back positions but I, i've kind of spread out the rest of my money uh but now i'm sitting with like almost no money trying to fill four spots and i'm trying to get these rookies and everybody just keeps outbidding me on them and it's driving me crazy there's like three guys that i want left too and i have a whopping six dollars left so i'm really hoping i'm able to to make that work. Actually, you guys don't know this. I've been talking about it off uh, off air with someone. Not this mo- this coming Monday, we're supposed to have John back on with us uh, to talk more about the NFL draft. But on the Monday after, we're going to bring on uh, a listener of the show, longtime friend, uh, John. 
Jonathan Weber, he wants to come on and talk about some auctions. He just finished up two Superflex auction drafts, so I figured we could get him jump on here with us. He was uh, the winner of the Listener League last year, actually, as well. Talk about a little bit of NFL draft and everything going on there, so we're excited to have him on. So Tony made his pick. He took Duke Johnson, um, which I would imagine was not a, a – Miss pick like the Lamar Miller pick. Dwayne Haskins goes at 12-10. At 12-11, you got Alshon Jeffrey, which puts Dennis back on the clock at the turn. So, Dennis, what are you looking to do with these two picks? That was a stretch where we've got some decent middle-round talent, probably players that are going to be in the positional two, three, and four. So uh, you might find somebody that's going to pop off. Uh, it looks like running backs are pretty well tapped out. Uh, so now I'm going to start to build a little bit of depth with my, uh, team. And so I'm going to hop right on and I'm going to go with Anthony Miller as my first pick. And as I'm building depth, I'm going to grab a veteran quarterback to have, uh, as a super flex team team. I want to go ahead and try to insulate myself against one injury and against bye weeks. And with a couple of the players on the board here, we've got uh, Ben Roethlisberger, Gardner Minshew, Phillip Rivers, Derek Carr. Um, I'm going to go ahead and grab Gardner Minshew as my third quarterback. So that gives me, I've, I've got two awaiting in the wings. I've got Mahomes and Dak, and Gardner Minshew. So I've got, Four young quarterbacks who could potentially, by next year, I could I could have four starting quarterbacks, which puts me in a position to be able to make some deals and, and strengthen my team even more. Yeah, I, I like it. I was, um, you know, you got Jacoby Brissett. Obviously, we don't know if he's ever going to be a starter again. Philip Rivers a starter for just one year. Uh, why not Teddy Bridgewater though? He's a guy who probably has a little bit more, I guess, consistency to his name than uh, than a guy like Gardner Minshew. Why Minshew over uh, over Bridgewater? I I feel like there's there's some questions about Teddy. You know, he's, what, 27, 28 years old now, still coming off the injury. A lot of it, uh, a lot of the mobility. Now, he wasn't super mobile to begin with, but he could move around a little bit. Um, but that knee injury has really sapped his mobility. He's he's kind of Brady-esque in his mobility now. Uh, and Minshew, you know, I'm playing on the it factor. If he goes out and has a decent year this year uh, – in this league, it could be something as simple as my two guys get past their buys, and now Minshew's on the market, and that sets me up to make a run in the playoffs with by adding, you know, another position player. You know, Le'Veon Bell and, and David Montgomery as my RB one and two. Having four quarterbacks puts me in a position to be able to upgrade my running backs. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm debating on taking a quarterback here with my next pick. Uh, as we were speaking, Teddy Bridgewater goes as well. So after you took Minshew, Jamal Williams at 13.2, Hawkinson at 13.3, Jamison Crowder at 13.4, then Teddy Bridgewater goes at 13.5. Like the pick of Paris Campbell there at 13.6, that puts Dennis, not Dennis, my goodness, Dennis, you already picked Matt up at 13.7. Matt, what did you end up taking and who did you end up taking at 13.7? 
so I went running backs the last couple of times. As Dennis said, running back getting a little bit thin. Um, I went and pulled Tyler Higby. Um, I already have Andrews, obviously a good starting tight end. Um, but I think what we saw Higby do down the stretch and the explosive weapon that he was in that Rams offense uh, really caught my attention. And obviously they just dealt uh, Brandon Cooks away. Uh, yesterday, they still don't have a ton of draft picks. I would not imagine that they're going to use what little draft picks they have on getting uh, receivers. So, you know, with Woods and Cup, Higby developed into a really nice third option, great rapport with Jared Goff. I have high hopes uh, that that continues going into this season. Dennis, what are your thoughts thoughts on him taking uh, Higby? While there is a little bit of uncertainty uh, with the Rams, I think Higby has established himself as the TE1 for that team. And with them trading Cooks, I think it's – I don't know how much it's going to add to Josh Reynolds. Between Cooks and Gurley leaving, there's a fair number of targets that are going to be redistributed somewhere. Uh, Reynolds will probably get a little bit of a bump and I think Everett and Higby both will get a bump and then who knows maybe Woods or Cup actually takes a step into that elite level and if one of if, if that happens uh, I think the the third or fourth and fifth options in that totem pole there uh, end up not getting the bump that a lot of people are expecting it's it's almost uh, uh, sell Josh Reynolds window is what's what's happened with the trading of cooks there. Yeah, I'm actually, I mean, uh, I I like Higby. He's a good tight end. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually curious as the fact of when Josh Reynolds will go, we've seen him. I'm in a couple of different slow drafts and auction drafts. And Josh Reynolds, as soon as that news broke, kind of went flying off the board in a lot of those leagues. Uh, He is yet to go here. So after Matt went Higby, Dede Westbrook goes at 13-8, 13-9, Emmanuel Sanders, 13-10, Justice Hill, Golden Tate at 13-11, brought me up. Uh, I took Damian Harris. He's a running back that I think has a little bit of upside. Dennis, we've talked about him a little bit. The ch- uh, chance that he might end up kind of replacing Sony Michelle or doing a little bit more now uh, with Sony Michelle possibly on the backside with the knee issues and everything. Who knows what we're going to get out of James Wyatt. So just kind of a shot in the dark upside running back for me. Uh, and then I took my guy Justin Herbert at 14.1. Uh, Dennis talked about how he got his uh, – Quarterback one back in the 10th round in this rookie draft of Tua. Uh, Herbert is not my quarterback one, but I think he's right there with Tua in my opinion. So I get him. That gives me my third quarterback now to kind of uh, play in some bye weeks between Darnold and Jones whenever they are off. And a guy that I think has a tremendous amount of upside as well. Uh, Your guys' thoughts on those two picks before we continue moving into the 14th round? I I really – I considered Herbert – uh, when I took Minshew, actually, oh yeah, uh, it was it was really tempting at that point, uh, in part to piss you off. Uh, it would have, it would have, and, yes. <laughs> and in part because they're they're with rookies, it's all projection. Yeah, as as guaranteed as you might think a, a player is, some of the best prospects still flop. Yeah. And so while, you know, Tua has the injury history, there there are some concerns about Herbert, whether it's uh, not being good in traffic or things like that. But it, it, it's one of those things where you just sort of uh, – I, I like Herbert. I think he's a good prospect. And it's always more fun in fantasy when you get your guys. Yeah. 
yeah, that's one of I've always been a big advocate of. You're you're about to see a couple of these next picks. Be guys that if you've listened to the pod, you know I'm just big fans of because I like to have my guys on on my team. It makes them easier to uh, to root for. It makes just, in my opinion, fantasy a little bit more fun. So continuing to the 14th round at 14-2 went Robbie Anderson. Jared Cook goes 14-3. David Njoku, who I was considering, uh, but with Austin Hooper there, I just, I'm not sure what Njoku's value is going to be, goes at 14-4. At 14-5, Delaney Walker, which brings up Matt here at 14-6 with a very interesting pick. I know Dennis is a big fan of of, and I was actually thinking about trying to take uh, if he made it a little bit later. But, Matt, you took him. Who is the wide receiver that you took here at 14-6? I went and grabbed Preston Williams. Obviously, small sample size from last year um, before he got hurt. Really seemed to be taken off, having some good rapport. I think we finally saw with maybe a better offensive play caller last year and a guy who's not afraid to sling it in Fitzpatrick's. We saw Devontae Parker kind of come alive. Preston Williams looked good when he was out there. No guarantee that uh, he picks up where he left off, but he's a guy that I like taking um, as a young option, you know, um, seems to have a pretty good path. Not a lot of people are picking Miami to go wide receiver heavy in this draft. A lot of people think they're going to take a running back quarterback. Um, I've thought that too. So I think there's still a, a good spot for Preston Williams to step up and be kind of a, a wide receiver too there. Yeah, I would not be surprised if he ends up being better than Devontae Parker in the long run. I agree with you. I don't think he will be this year. He's probably going to be the wide receiver too. And I think having Fitzpatrick there is obviously going to to continue to help him as well. So let's keep moving through the 14th round. At 14-7, Will Disley. At 14-8, Denzel Mims. 14-9, Henry Ruggs. 14-10, Brashad Perriman. 14-11, Tony Pollard, which gets Dennis back up at the turn here for 14-12 and 15-1. What are you doing here, Dennis? You've already taken a wide receiver. Who is your next pick? So here I'm looking for I'm looking for a floor guy. So I, I want to – you know, I've taken – some chances with some of my receivers. I've grabbed Anthony Miller, Darius Slayton, uh, Terry McLaurin, uh, who I think are all high ceiling guys, but lower floor guys. Uh, at fourteen twelve, I'm going to grab Hunter Renfro. Uh, he's a guy that in a PPR league, I can see him catching 80 passes for 800 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, he's going to present that solid as your wide receiver four or five, he could easily provide you with some uh, high wide receiver three uh, numbers on a very consistent basis. Uh, it'll be interesting next year at this time uh, to check out Bob Lung's consistency guide and see how Hunter Renfro did this year. Uh, so again, it's, it's building depth for me. And then there's another guy, my next pick I'm get, getting ready to make, so there's another guy that I'm kind of high on that is in a uh, he's in a, a low volume offense, but I think he has the the opportunity to step up and maybe be the more consistent of the two wide receivers. Uh, they're both going to end up, I think, playing second fiddle to uh, the tight end Mark Andrews. But here, I'm grabbing Miles Boykin. I think he's going to overtake Willie Sneed. He's going to be able to put be that 
big safety net, be able to get downfield. He's got more speed than Andrews. And so he's sort of the cross. He's sort of, if Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown had a baby, I think you'd get Miles Boykin. And so I'm taking Boykin here as a big depth piece. Yeah, I mean, we were both high on Boykin last year. I'd love to see him uh, take a, a step forward. There are some rumors that the Ravens might end up going wide receiver in this draft, so I don't know what that'll do to Boykin's stock, but uh, but I like it. I think it's, a, it's an upside pick. Matt, your thoughts on uh, him going Renfro and Boykin here? Yeah, I think it's interesting. Raiders, obviously, a team I think most everyone thinks is going to get a wide receiver at some point in this draft. Um, Tyrell Williams had a few moments, but Hunter Renfro definitely looked like the better weapon. It's kind of hard to know what their offense is going to be. Um, I think of the receivers they have on their team right now at the wide receiver position, I like Renfro the best. Um, but I'll be curious to see what happens post-draft. Um, Boykin, an interesting pickup too. That's another team he talked about could shift. I, their wide receiver usage has been interesting, but they they definitely had some older wide receivers that you don't figure are going to be part of their long-term plan. Um, So Boykin's got definitely a shot. Yeah, so let's uh, continue going through here into the uh, 15th round. Vance McDonald at 15-2, Malcolm Brown at 15-3, at 15-4, Chase Edmonds, 15-5, Irv Smith, 15-6, Big Ben Roethlisberger, and then Matt takes a guy that I was eyeing in the last round, especially after some of the reports came out yesterday that they are still high on this player. Matt, who do you end up taking at 15-7? Well, last year, uh, for those of you that follow my reading, um, I had projected Justin Jackson to be the fantasy MVP. Uh, didn't quite work out for me, but now Melvin Gordon definitely won't be uh, in there to block his path. And I still really like Justin Jackson. I still think Austin Eckler is a great weapon, but we saw last year uh, that he's a guy that, you know, can get his points in receiving and will probably be part of a split kind of backfield. And I think Justin Jackson can be that guy this year that gets uh, the rushing work. I'm hoping that I was just a year too early on him last year. Yeah, I, I like the pick of him. Obviously, you knew I was right there with you as a big fan of Justin Jackson. We were, for weeks on our recap shows, talking about when he was going to end up breaking out, and that just never happened. Uh, so, big fan of that pick as well. Matt, uh, I'm sorry, Dennis, your thoughts on Justin Jackson? Uh, if he'd have made it back to me, I'd have probably taken him. I, I eyed him, um, but I was also sort of looking more at wide receiver depth here, uh, thinking – I may be able to still get another rookie running back. So I, I like Justin Jackson a lot. I, I'm high on him as well. And uh, I think it was a great pick, actually. All right, so moving forward, at 15-8, we had Dante Moncrief. 15-9, Carlos Hyde. 15-10, Jacoby Brissett. 15-11, Jalen Samuels. Uh, then I doubled up on rookies here, uh, guys that I'm both very high on. God damn it, Matt. <laughs> I was wondering if anybody was going to take him. I'm, I'm obviously very high on him. I did the, the rookie profile. I'm actually kind of surprised, number one, T. Higgins fell this far into the 15th round. I, I think he should have gone probably ahead of – definitely ahead of Mims and Ruggs, in my opinion, uh, and then I, I would have taken him. taking him instead of Jackson, so. Yeah, I mean, once once I saw him fall there, I had to take him. Here's the worst part about it. I've got literally seven players in my queue right now, and I'm not going to be able to take all of them, which sucks. Again, this is only 17 rounds. Obviously, a, a real startup would be a lot 
deeper than this, so we are obviously cutting it a little bit short. But I wanted to take these two guys. So T. Higgins, because I think regardless of where he goes, he has the upside of being a one. I think he he is one of the elite wide receivers here. I like I said, I think I have him. Uh, He's third on – no, I'm sorry, he's fourth on mine behind Rager, Judy, and Lamb. But I think he's still in the category of those guys, maybe just half a step below him. Uh, and then at 16-1, I took Keyshawn Vaughn. I'm big on him. He's still in my tier one of running backs. I know some people have kind of soured on him, uh, but I think he has a chance to be really good. There's a lot of people mocking him. Uh, I saw the teams like Tampa Bay and Kansas City. Uh, I think if he lands there, he's going to be good. Obviously, he's got a little bit of that uh, receiving upside as well as he can be a bell cow, as we saw at Vanderbilt, which I'm assuming that's the one that you were upset about, Dennis, was me taking Vaughn. You would be correct, sir. <laughs> I was, uh, I, I, you know, I, I was all ready to click, and then I said, no, I'm, I'm going to wait one more, one more time around. I think I can get him back to me Uh and I took Boykin instead, but oh well. Such is life. I mean, there's still a couple good guys there. I've got I've got three other running backs in my queue set up, and I just uh, I, the fact that Vaughn fell this far again, I'm not sure that he actually would, because uh, I do think he's going to get some decent draft day capital as well here, which we're we're literally just two weeks away from talking about, which I cannot wait for. Uh, but he, I think he's going to get some decent draft day capital, so there's no way he let, waits till the 16th round to go in an actual startup. But right now, it's part of what we talked about in the Monday episode. You're not really knowing what is going to happen, so I think that's part of the reason some of these rookies have fallen. So continuing on in the 16th round, at 16-2, Deion Lewis, 16-3, Boston Scott, 16-4, Phillip Rivers, Corey Davis at 16-5, and then uh, I was about to say Matt was going to get pissed, but Matt, you got your guy. Who did you take at 16-6, the, uh, the all-around offensive weapon and and the future, uh, I would say, NFL MVP, right? Well, this this I like to think of as my uh, my Dennis appreciation pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I went and grabbed Taysom Hill. Um, I know controversial, but obviously I think I'm in a pretty good spot with my quarterbacks. Um, I wouldn't need him to play right away, but there's even been talk in this season about whether they're going to give Breeze more time off during the regular season. Uh, we saw Taysom Hill starting to get in there, splitting reps. He was arguably – uh, looked better at times in that playoff game they lost to Minnesota than Breeze. Uh, they seem to believe in him a lot, placing a first-round tender on him, um, which is a pretty high high tag. Um, so I think he's a guy they think can can be part of the future, whether that ends up coming true or not. I don't know. Um, I'm in my countdown of favorite Broncos of all time, and Tim Tebow made the top 15. So call it a little bit of my Tebow weakness, you know, Taysom Hill. <laughs> I feel like is the more successful version of what I wish Tebow could have been. Um, but he's a guy I have at the bottom of my roster in a lot of leagues, especially super flex leagues. Um, so I figured it was a good time to take a flyer on him here. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with that. I mean, you know, I'm not a, a huge believer in Taysom Hill, but, I mean, you're getting him in the 16th round, which, again, I would imagine you probably take him a little bit later had we had more rounds. Uh, but it's the second to last round. You're taking a guy with some upside. If this was a real league, he's probably a guy that you might end up dropping if a couple players go off. So it's not not a huge risk on your part. I, I like the pick in the end. Dennis, any thoughts on, on Taysom Hill before we continue moving? Uh, I, I, just, I just love that the – Good version of Tim Tebow is also not a starter. <laughs> Man, all right, all right, all right. Hey, so, you know what? Tebow 
won a playoff game. It was a pretty fantastic couple of seasons uh, when Denver was not very good. He at least gave us something to cheer for. Beats beat the Steelers in the playoffs. Uh, you could do worse. Yeah, I mean that that five yard pass to Demarius Thomas that he took eighty eight yards for a touchdown was fantastic. I will admit that was a great play hey, there. You know what? But he put it right in Demarius Thomas's hands, and that's all he needed to do. I mean, it hey, was a tight spiral. <laughs> Let him. The the no, one, no Tebow wobble there. The one no, thing no, no, Tebow at Florida. I, I mean, know. the wind up took four days, but <laughs> I mean, I was going to say at least the one thing Matt has on us is uh, I believe Tim Tebow has won a more Tim Tebow and the Denver Broncos have won a more recent playoff game than the Browns or the Lions. So we can't really correct. talk at this well, at this moment, unfortunately. Denver also won Super Bowl Fifty with Peyton Manning, so it hasn't been that long. It's only been four years. Yeah. All right, so after so moving on. Uh, yeah, after Taysom Hill, we had uh, Tyrell Williams at 16-7. Josh Reynolds finally goes here at 16-8. I was wondering if he would go or when he would go. Dawson Knox at 16-9. I love this pick by John Hamlers. He's a guy that I've, I've really kind of come high, come out high on. Donovan Peoples-Jones at 16-10. Then 16-11, Derek Carr, which brings Dennis up for his last two picks. Dennis, who did you end up taking and why? Well... I, I took Jack Doyle as my second tight end. I think Doyle is going to be a high-volume candidate relative to the tight end position. Not high-volume like Travis Kelsey, but high-volume in that tight end 6 to tight end 12 range. And he'll get a good amount of targets and a good amount of opportunity. So uh, I, I like Doyle. I think he's going to mesh very well with Phillip Rivers. Um, and then I followed that up with DJ Dallas. You know, we had DJ Dallas on the Film Nerd Show a couple of weeks ago, uh, and it was great listening to him break down his film. Uh, super smart guy, understands the game really well, uh, and it was interesting to see. Uh, you know, he was asked by I think Nick Whalen or, or, or Garrett uh, in, in the interviews he's done with teams. How much did they? Uh, ask him about his pass protection. And he said that he hadn't had a single question about pass protection, uh, which he said means they understand I'm really good at it because we were watching the tape and the dude was, well, he's not a super big guy. He's like a 5'10", 205, 210 guy. Uh, he was sticking his face in there and making the blocks when he needs to, knew, knew where he needed to be. So I think Dallas uh, has the potential to – step into a third down roll uh, right out of the gate. You know, obviously landing spot dependent, Yeah, but he, he could certainly uh, be productive from the get-go. Uh, I think he's probably not as – his rookie year I think would probably be a few more carries, you know, 15% more carries than Naheem Hines and 15 fewer target 15% fewer targets than Naheem Hines right about the same production as Hines's rookie year. So uh, I'm looking forward to where he goes on draft day. Yeah, I've kind of compared him in, in my mind to a to where I think what could happen with him is almost like a Philip Lindsay type. I, I know they're not the same body type or anything and Philip Lindsay obviously went undrafted or I think DJ Dallas Except will get drafted. Catch the ball. 
hey, Philip Lindsay can catch the ball. Have you ever seen him in college? It's what I thought he was going to end up being. They just don't use Phillip him that Lindsay's way. Philip Lindsay's first play in the NFL was a 37-yard touchdown strike on a wheel route. Yeah, right. Philip Lindsay's very good at catching the ball. Don't, you cannot besmirch the great name Philip Lindsay on this podcast. In fact, you might accidentally disappear off the recording if you keep this up. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think... Well, I think that's he, why I froze. <laughs> I, I, I do exactly. Yeah, I knew the I knew the the hate on Philip Lindsay was coming. Uh, I do think he has a chance to be that. I think uh, you know when I saw Philip Lindsay get drafted by the Broncos, uh, Dennis, you know, because we were doing the podcast at the time. I had wrote an article for a different site. I wasn't with Dynasty Nerds yet, talking about how high I was on him, and I thought that he would come out be a special teamer at first, and then kind of make his plays doing that, get some more time on the field. And I could see DJ Dallas doing that. He's a very good special teamers. I, I think that regardless, he'll make a team if he gets drafted because of what he can do on the special team side of the ball and then end up getting his play on the field, and I don't think he'll look back once that happens. So let's continue the draft here. Um, my phone just decided to stop working on me there. So after uh, DJ Dallas, uh, so Jack Doyle, DJ Dallas, so then 17-2, James Washington. Uh, 17-3, Quintez Cephas, which is an interesting pick. There's still a, a lot of rookie wide receivers that have taken over him. Kenny Stills at 17-4. Uh, 17-5, Antonio Gibson, 17-6. Kyle Rudolph, which brings us back up to Matt. What are you thinking about doing with your last pick here? Well, you know, I I was last to pick running back. Um, you know, I was probably I think I was the last team in this entire mock to take a running back. So as I said, I need to try to get some lottery tickets. Uh, so with my last pick, I decided to go with a guy that uh, that we we thought might have a chance last year um, in Darwin Thompson in Kansas City. Obviously. You know, ESPN right now has Damian Williams listed as the 11th best running back performance for 2020. Um, and obviously they signed DeAndre Washington there, so they're not done. There's every chance that they take one of the big running backs in the draft and just cut my heart out with, with that. But uh, I still have high hopes for Darwin Thompson. I have him in a couple dynasty leagues. I'm still – I like Damian Williams okay, but I just – it's hard for me to believe he's going to be – Kareem Hunt at any point in time uh, in that Kansas City uniform. So I'm, you know, we're at the end of the draft. This is a time where you got to take some bets. Uh, I think he's a guy that's fallen off the radar a little bit more this offseason that I still hope can bounce back. Yeah, I, I like it. Uh, Darwin Thompson was a guy I actually thought about going beforehand. I went Keyshawn Vaughn just because I wanted a little bit more. Uh, I think he's got a little bit more upside, but Darwin Thompson's already got some NFL pedigree. Uh, I, I like the pick. Uh, I, you know, we all, uh, I don't think any of us on here are really big Damian Williams truthers, so I could easily see him becoming the guy, assuming Kansas City ends up uh, not drafting a running back. Dennis, your thoughts on Darwin Thompson? Yeah, I'm. I'm out on Thompson. I, I see this late taking a shot, but I, I suppose I'd have probably taken a shot on a rookie at this point, uh, especially in your situation. You didn't draft a single rookie running back. So if I'm going to roll the dice, uh, I, he's going to, you know, he's moved well, above Shady, Shady McCoy in the pecking order. Yeah, I considered Zach Moss, but in the end, I decided to go with Thompson. Yeah, it, I mean, it's tough with the rookies because we don't know their landing yeah. spots yet. Yeah. So, you know, from a projection perspective, I'd have probably taken Moss because I feel like he can carry the ball a little more than Thompson. But, you know, Thompson could very well be uh, a serviceable guy. So, 
it's it's I don't hate the pick. I don't know that I'd have made it, but I now hate the pick, so thank you very much. <laughs> so my seven, work here is done. At seventeen point eight Auden Tate, uh seventeen point nine JJ Arthega Whiteside, seventeen ten Andy Isabella, seventeen eleven Larry Fitzgerald. And then last but not least, uh, Mr. Irrelevant, I took uh, my guy, Isaiah Hodgins. It was, it was, I left a lot of players on the board. Um, LaVisca Chenault, Brandon Ayuk, uh, Brian Edwards, Eno Benjamin, Anthony McFarlane were a few that I had set up in my queue. But I had to take my guy. Isaiah Hodgins is a guy I truly believe in that's going to be an NFL stud, and I wanted to get him, even though this is not a real team. I wanted to have him on there anyways because it's just a guy that I really believe in. So I'm going to give a rundown of my team really quick again. Uh, so quarterbacks, Darnold, Jones, and Herbert. Running backs, Joe Mixon, Devin Singletary, J.K. Dobbins, Damian Harris, and Keyshawn Vaughn. Wide receivers, Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen, Debo Samuel, Sterling Shepard, T. Higgins, and Isaiah Hodgins. I, I like my team overall. I would, I like, we've talked about multiple times. I'd love to take this team in, obviously, with a couple more rounds to build out the depth there. But uh, as, as a real team, I, I actually feel really good about this. Feel like I could be a championship contender. Uh, Matt, your thoughts on my team? 2022? Before... Yeah, hey, that's all that matters. <laughs> it, it will be a championship contender at some point. Matt, uh, your thoughts on my team? And uh, Dennis, your thoughts on my team before we move on to your guys, before we cut off of the podcast? You know, I, I, I like mixing and. The start of Mixon and Adams, very strong start. Uh, Singletary, as of now, looks like he's going to get the ball a lot. Uh, the rookie pick of Dobbins, uh, I, I, he's my RB1. I, I don't know. I, I don't begrudge anybody else having somebody else there. There's about three options as the RB1 that I think are legitimate. So I like having him there. So you built some depth. Two young quarterbacks and Darnold and Jones, uh, and Don't then Keenan Allen, who who is just a, a a target monster. I think the team is is strong, definitely. Yeah, I think for me, you're in order for you to take the leap and really contend, you have to hope that both uh, Darnold and Jones are able to take a step forward. Um, you know, and I I kind of hope they are. You know, I have shares of each of them. Um, I've liked Sam Darnold's, um, I think his biggest handicap might be his coach, uh, as we've seen what's happened with Tannehill and the rest of the Dolphins roster after Gase moved on. Uh, and then I, I think the other big question for me is tight end. Um, yeah. OJ Howard is not somebody I'd feel great about having to rely on. I like Gasecki okay, but um, again, you're kind of hoping that he – continues to take a step up too so that could be a little bit of a weak spot but I, you have a lot of youth um i liked the debo samuel pick probably maybe a little more than dennis i, I like him i like his explosive potential um so i like uh, some of the the players on there you have a good mix of potential prospects and some veterans to hold it down I, I like I said I, I really like it as well. I forgot to mention my tight ends but yeah i agree that that's probably my weakest point i kind of got to a point in the draft where i was just a I was one of the only teams without a tight end, and there wasn't a whole lot of it. Once Noah Fant went, which was who I really wanted, uh, I was just kind of like, well, I'm just going to keep avoiding tight ends now at this point and just see what happens. So, Matt, give us a rundown of your team and who you like. All right, so my quarterbacks, I have uh, Deshaun Watson, Baker Mayfield, Drew Locke, and the GOAT, uh, Taysom Hill. Uh, running back was, uh, you know, I didn't take a running back till the eighth round. Uh, really peppered that hard. I have Darrell Henderson Jr., Raheem Moore, uh, grabbed Jordan Howard, Naheem Hines, 
Justin Jackson and Darwin Thompson. So we'll call that the lottery ticket six pack. Uh, wide receivers, uh, I felt really good about this group. Chris Godwin, Cortland Sutton, Juju Smith-Schuster grabbed C.D. Lamb and then later went and grabbed Preston Williams. Uh, then tight end have Mark Andrews and Tyler Higby, who I think could uh, be poised to take a, a good chunk of the Rams' targets going forward. So I feel pretty good about that group, uh, the potential to even possibly play two tight ends some week, you know, using one as a flex. Yeah, I, I like the tight end situation to me is very comfortable there in that unless there's an injury, Andrews should be roll. You'll be rolling him out every week except for his bye week. Higby, I think is going to be a little bit harder until we see. Yeah. He could, he could be one of those guys that's 20 points this week, six points next week. So that that's going to be a little iffy, but he's a perfect second tight end. Uh, in that you you can roll him out, and if he gets on a hot streak, we saw last season he can put up hundred yard games and a touchdown week after week after week if he's getting the volume. So if he gets on a roll, that's great. I think your wide receivers are really strong with Godwin, Sutton, and Schuster. I think Schuster's going to bounce back this year big, especially if Ben stays healthy. Uh, if Ben doesn't have uh, th- that Peyton Manning into career arm, I think then Schuster's going to have a, a good career or a good season, and, and Lamb, is he, he's the wide receiver one, in my opinion. He's just an animal. So uh, I'm – and then then you took my guy Preston Williams. So you, you've got really solid depth at wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, I, I like your team a lot too, Matt. Obviously, I love your, your quarterback situation. I'm a big fan of the top three you drafted. Uh, as I, we said, I'm not, not as sold on, on Hill as you are, but – Baker, Deshaun, and Drew Locke, who I think Locke's going to continue to move forward uh, into his second year. Love your wide receivers. I think they're going to be the ones that carry your team. I, I'm going to echo everything Dennis said with CeeDee Lamb. He's just an absolute stud, and you're, and he's likely going to be your four behind Godwin, Sutton, and Juju, which is just ridiculous. The depth at wide receiver, and then, and then you add in a guy like Preston Williams who has a ton of upside as well. I, I do think your running backs are could be – the reason you win the championship, but also the reason you you maybe not even make the playoffs, just because you have a lot of upside guys here. But if Henderson ends up becoming the starter in L.A. and Mostert does what he did at the end of the season for the Rams, you've just – or not the – yeah, not the Rams, the 49ers, I'm sorry. Uh, you've got two really good running backs that you didn't take until the eighth and ninth round, which is just great steals for you. And then you added depth guys like Howard Hines and then Jackson Thompson. So I think those guys could really end up pushing your team over the edge or could be the reason you get a little bit hurt. That being said, with your wide receivers and then again with a little bit of depth there at quarterback, you could easily probably make a trade for a running back. Or again, with this being as shallow as it is, there's probably a couple rookie running backs you could have ended up taking uh, out of the free agency pool. So I like your team as well. I think it's a a really good team, well-built, and wide receivers, I think – just kind of glancing at everybody's right now, I would say it's right up there with one of the best uh, in in this league right here. Is I would say one of the toughest wide receiver groups to go up against every single week. So, Dennis, give us a rundown of your team really quick. Well, before I start there, I just want to say, like, with Matt's running backs, I could definitely see that team, those running backs, being the reason he wins the first round of the playoffs by 50 points. Uh-huh. And then the reason he loses the second round or the championship game by okay. twenty points, yeah, you know, so I because it, it's a it's a a good looking group. They just they have to get consistent opportunity, uh, 
Henderson could be the guy, and he's looked really explosive at the time, at times, and Mostert the same way, but then they just sort of pull the ball away from him. So it's a real, really interesting mix. Jordan Howard and Naheem Hines make the perfect running back if you can mash them together. You got a two-down, four-yard, a pop grinder, and, and a third-down, 10-yard, a catch receiver, but you can only start one of them at a time. You can't mash them into one spot. So the, so the potential really is, is there. What you're saying is I need to use this team for best ball. Yeah. It could be. Yeah, it would be a really good best ball team, at least from the running back position. Well, I would say even from the wide receiver position with as many good players as he has, I mean, they're just going to plug in the best probably three, I think, is what I had the starting lineup set as, so the best three every single week. And you know he's going to have probably three or at least two top 12 wide receivers every single week with his uh, depth there. So, yeah, I mean, I would think all in all that's a really good best ball roster. But, Dennis, uh, Dennis, give us your breakdown real quick. Well, my team is weak at running back, so I got Le'Veon Bell, David Montgomery, and then backed it up with two rookies in Clyde Edwards-Alaire and DJ Dallas. So I'm definitely going to need a, a running back to either pop off or I'm going to need to make a deal uh, to get something going with running backs. Um, quarterbacks, I'm, I'm pretty solid at quarterback with Mahomes, Prescott, Minshew, and uh, Tungavailoa. So there's depth at quarterback for me. So I've got the ammunition to make a trade if I need to. Tight end, Noah Fant. We expect a breakout from him this year. He's got great chemistry with Drew Locke. Uh, he's he's an exceptional fantasy pass-catching tight end. And Jack Doyle, uh, a high-floor guy that should have some consistency. We've seen him do it a couple years ago. He had a really good season for fantasy, and so that opportunity as a second tight end at, is there. Uh, my wide receivers, I feel pretty good about. I got Kenny Galladay, Terry McLaurin, uh, Jarvis Landry, Darius Slayton, Anthony Miller, Hunter Renfro, and Miles Boykin. So there's a stud in Galladay, a proven wide receiver, too, with a high floor uh, in Jarvis Landry, uh, a, a second-year guy that had a, a breakout season as a rookie in McLaurin uh, and Slayton also. And then Anthony Miller, who's been somewhat of an enigma, uh, Ethan Wyatt put out a an article on Anthony Miller today on Dynasty Nerds. Uh, I believe it was Ethan. Um, and and the opportunities there, he's been he's been hexed by piss poor quarterback play basically for the, his first two years. He's flashed. Hopefully, either Foles going to Chicago and winning the job opens it up for Miller or Foles going to Chicago and pushing Trubisky to be better opens it up for Miller and he can really produce like we've seen in flashes. Matt, what are your thoughts on Dennis's team? Yeah, I think he has a good quarterback situation like the, uh, like the wide receivers. He's got a couple of young guys. I think uh, Jarvis Landry, real safe floor. And then you have the, options you know with miller renfro slayton boykin hopefully somebody hits uh week to week to fill that in uh running back probably a little bit like mine that could make or break uh your team i really like david montgomery i'm hoping for a big year too and if that happens i think you're good to go yeah i i don't have the uh upside players at running back that you do there's definitely a bigger opportunity for your guys to pop off than mine 
We'll we'll see. Like I said, I I think my wide receiver depth and quarterback depth set me up to make a trade. Though you know, if I start off two and three, I'll be able to make a move to get myself back in it. Yeah, yeah, I agree with kind of what both of you have said on everything. Obviously, your your wide receivers and quarterbacks are are legit. Um, I would honestly, I'm obviously higher on uh, CEH than a lot of other people. I wouldn't be surprised if you end up starting him and, and Montgomery most of the year over Le'Veon Bell because, uh, as Matt mentioned earlier, I'm not a believer either in Adam Gase, and I think he's going to continue to kind of destroy all of the New York Jets and, and, and their futures here uh, in the NFL. Uh, but outside of that, uh, I think your team is solid. I do agree with you. You've got the depth to make a move for a running back if you need one. Uh, again, there's – there was a chance for you to grab some other guys later in the draft had this been more than 17 rounds. So I, I don't think it's a horrible it's – a, it's a decent start. You might have been able to grab some other guys with some upside later. But I like I like all of our teams. It'll be interesting to see um, what ends up happening with them. Uh, I'm debating – I know I talked to Matt about this a while ago because he uh, – I misread something that happened with him before, and he was supposed to be in our, our Listener League 1. I'm about to fill Listener League 2, which I believe he's going to jump in on. It's going to be all offense. So if you guys are listening to this and you want to jump in, I've still got a couple spots open. I'm going to post something on Twitter about that later today as well, I think, to try and fill that league up. Uh, outside of that, that's that does it for us today. Uh, we're going to put this uh, video up, I believe, on YouTube today. We're going to start moving more towards some video stuff as well with the three of us. Uh, right now, we're still talking about possibly doing a live show either on Twitch, if I can figure out Twitter Live, which I've not been able to figure out this entire episode. Uh, do something on Twitter as well uh, for the NFL Draft, which again is just two weeks away. I cannot wait to have something real tangible to talk about should be a lot of fun to see uh when the browns trade back four times in the first round how pissed off i'll be on that thursday night uh and you guys will get to see my reactions live and i promise i won't hold anything back so dennis matt get to see us all cry when cd lamb goes to adam gase oh god don't don't put that evil on me because i'm such a big fan of cd lamb i don't want to see that oh my kid that's, that's gonna be the crushing blow uh, so, uh, obviously, guys, thank you so much for taking time out of your Fridays to, to jump on here with us. I know you guys have got some other stuff going on. Uh, we have a, an exciting episode on Monday. We're bringing John back on. I believe he hasn't completely confirmed that, but I believe it was set for the 13th. Talk a little bit more NFL draft stuff, and then we'll get back into talking about uh, probably just more NFL draft stuff with us. Maybe another mock here, maybe a rookie mock right before the NFL draft or an NFL mock just to kind of see how things go. But thank you guys so much for jumping on. Stay safe and have yourselves a good weekend. Right on. Yep, take it easy. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wall line ready. And he's in the end zone for an unbelievable...